0: Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews,
1: Bill Mayer, Father Jerry Conrading,
0: and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Episode 7 of Three Bald Guys Podcast. Father Jarrett, can you open us up with a prayer?
1: Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Good and gracious, loving God, we praise you. Lift our hearts in acknowledgement of your majesty and of your guiding hand in all things, and pray for your spirit, your guidance, uh, today and always, that we might strive in discipleship, and that all of us, each of us, may grow in knowledge of you and love of our neighbor. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Well, thanks again for everybody joining us in uh, this most recent episode of Three Bald Guys. If you haven't listened to us before, I'm going to kind of line things up for what we do on the show and then introduce a guest that we're going to have sit in with us today. So we usually go through a few topics. So we go through uh, what's given us or robbing our energy each week. We also have a billion dollar question that we talk about. That's kind of our big question of the episode In part three, we give out diocesan shout outs and talk about the great things that we see across this line of diocese. And then always everybody's favorite is the mystery envelope that Bill has put in something random into these envelopes. I think one was, how are we going to die, which thanks Bill on that. So we've got a mystery envelope that none of us in this room, except for Bill knows what they say, but we randomly draw from them, and then in topic five, we'll call on our prayer warriors and and things that we're all praying on across the diocese. Section six is something controversial. So we'll talk about uh, maybe something in the media lately that's, that's been going around. That uh, we're going to give our thoughts on and then we close with prayers. So now that everybody knows that this is your first time listening, I wanted to bring that up because we have a guest in studio today and it's actually his first time uh, listening as well. And he's, he's going to be a participant on the show. So we are blessed to have Bishop Jerry Vinky with us uh, this afternoon. So Bishop, how are you doing? Doing great. You could call this show four bald guys if you wanted. Yeah, well, three that know we're bald and then one that still hasn't come to terms with just taking it all off yet, I guess. So yeah, three three bald guys and a balding guy. So no, all kidding aside, Bishop, we're so happy um, that you're here with us today. We, we love your presence in our diocese and your leadership. And um, it's, it's a definitely a blessing to work with you
2: every day. So It's a joy to be with you too.
0: Thanks.
1: Thanks. And uh,
0: basically the bald
1: thing was really the only prerequisite that we decided <laughs> to allow you onto the show. Uh, so, so it's a good That's thing great. for that.
2: Only bald guys can go. To the show. Yeah, only yeah. bald guests. So
0: calling all bald people out there. So if you want to, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. Le- le- leave a uh, leave a comment as to who you would uh, like for us to have as our next guest, a bald or balding person.
0: I request Michael Jordan. So, <laughs> there go. so All right. We're gonna get started here with topic one. Who is giving or robbing energy? What is something that either gave you energy this week or stole
2: your energy? Bishop, we're gonna start with you. What gives you energy? I tell you what, I had a great weekend this weekend. I went to the fiesta, the Mexican fiesta in Canapolis, and it was just so much fun to be there. Loads of people love the small town where it, it it just everybody gathers together for a festivity. And then that night I went to Tipton and they were celebrating their hundredth. 50th anniversary of their town and everybody was dressed up like they were 150 or not everybody but most people a lot of people were and just what a great community spirit there and then on Sunday I went to DeMar and the Knights of Columbus celebrated 100 years of their uh, anniversary and just amazing how many people were there from all over the country just to celebrate that so that really gave me a lot of energy I, I didn't get home until 10 30 Sunday night but I was I was just Excited about the whole weekend, just how much people love their faith, how much they love their parish church. Oh, that's awesome! I, how many miles do you think you put on this weekend? Each? I don't know. Okay. I don't count. <laughs> yeah,
0: you just go, right? You are present. Father Jeremy, st- skip over to you. Uh, what gave you energy or robbed your energy this week?
1: Well, it's interesting. The bishop mentions some of the uh, the traditional uh, celebrations that different communities have. We had our harvest festival just a couple of weeks ago, and so. I was actually going to mention that, but honestly, it was more so the next day. So the Sunday after is when we moved um, out of our church, basically. So we're under restoration, if you haven't heard one of our podcasts, because it's pretty much all I talk about. But uh, anyway, um, so, so that day was tear down from the Harvest Festival that morning before Mass. And then after Mass, we called people back an hour later and had them help move. And there was a lot of pessimism as to whether anybody would show up said you'll probably get like 20 people uh, maybe a handful of trailers and we had over 100 people show up and probably 20 to 30 actual trucks and trailers to move the pews and just more or less uh, move everything out of the church that was movable so that was pretty pretty amazing to see and it was like one of the hottest days of the year and so it was pretty awesome to uh to sweat with with the parish uh, in a in a positive way, moving everything out of the church. So
0: I uh, watched the time lapse video of oh, it on yeah. your guys's Facebook yeah. uh, site, and it was pretty awesome. Just see, I mean, you see people bringing the pews in and out, but then also there's times where they sit and gather and and talk with one another. Then back again, okay. they're lifting them. They've got two-by-fours put on the bottom to carry better. And um, I'm going to go ahead and assume you did no carrying of any pews. <laughs> Is that right? Did you do any heavy lifting? I didn't do – I did
1: some heavy lifting. I did not move pews. I did move some large pieces of marble, uh, which were – we had like six guys on some of these pieces of marble. So, yeah, I did I did my, my share of lifting. I got to sweat a little bit.
0: When so. uh, When you retire, if you ever retire, and we say, you know, what's the most interesting place you've ever – Given a uh, celebrated mass, is it going to be in the old Dollar General store <laughs> on Highway 24?
1: You never know. I can imagine there might be some more interesting down the road. But as up until this point in my priesthood, I would say Dollar Old Dollar General's got to be got to be up there. All uh, uh, right. Well, we'll wait till
0: uh, wait till they build a new Sonic, and you might be doing a drive-through <laughs> one there too sometimes. So, hey, uh, Bill, what's uh, giving you energy this week? Well, I, t- I tell you
3: what, I met on on uh, Monday with the uh, new DYC team, the Dawson Youth Council team. Um, They came out, we went to IHOP, and we we ate breakfast, and we we talked about the uh, upcoming uh, CYO convention, and it's just, it's awesome. Again, when you turn turn on the news and you see all the negative stuff going on, if you talk to some of our young people, it's amazing how they can refresh, you know, refresh you right away. But uh, just a great group of young people, great ideas. They're, they're searching for their faith. They want great opportunities for uh, all young people across the diocese. And, and uh, just amazing. I, I took a whole page full of notes when I left there. And uh, just stuff I wouldn't have come up with or thought of. And, and here they are just all talking back and forth. And and the other cool thing is by the time I left, they had themselves a little text group together of, of all of them. And uh, they would started communicating back and forth uh, as they were leaving. And so just, you know, just a cool thing. Uh, I went home pretty much with, a, like you said yesterday, a smile on my face. Just, you know, things are okay. Yeah. Uh, we just got to keep feeding the young people. And, and uh, so that gave me a ton of energy.
0: How many pancakes did you eat at the end of the Actually, I House
3: didn't even pancakes. mean to do that. I, I went to go get a healthy – because I'm, I'm trying to work on my – we've talked about this a little bit. So I, we've uh, talked about it for six I weeks, and an none omelet. of us have lost any weight. I, so. I got an omelet – and I, th- I was just like, I'm just going to eat an omelet. And then they still brought three pancakes with that on the side. I didn't know that came. And and what are you going to do? You're not going to turn down pancakes. Because no. no. my house is gluten-free. And so when I get a gluten get full, uh, oh, I'm like, oh, this is the greatest pancake <laughs> ever. And all the kids are looking at me like, they're just pancakes. I'm like, you don't even understand what gluten-free pancakes taste
0: like. Did you know that the IHOP uh, omelets are made with a little pancake batter in it? I didn't. Yeah. I eat a lot Seriously? of food, everybody. Yeah, I've done some research. So I think what gives them the fluff is some of that pancake batters mixed in with eggs. So this isn't an advertisement for IHOP. Though,
3: <laughs> Today we're sponsored by IHOP. Yeah. Man, I get to think of the
0: <laughs> built through so many acronyms at us. He's like my DYC, which is Diocesan Youth Council, who's playing in our CYO, met at I-H-O-P, I mean, there's, you got all these types of acronyms going, so um, what gave me energy is that Bill can keep all his acronyms straight, so no, all kidding aside, I've got another acronym for you that gave me energy, and it's S-G-O, so S-G-O is Scholarship Granting Organization, so um, I think this year, numbers aren't quite finished yet, I still got a couple others to go through, but we're going to welcome about 40 new students to our schools this year who qualify um, for some scholarship money through our Scholarship Granting Fund for the Catholic Diocese of Salinas, so as I've been processing all this um, paperwork that's been coming in. With the 29 from last year, I mean, we have about 80 students that uh, are going to be getting some scholarship money through the Catholic Diocese of Salinas, SGOs. So this is a tax credit scholarship that you can get a 70% tax credit on. So if anybody out there listening is, is interested, you know, contact Katie Platten and the foundation, um, Catholic Foundation, for more information or visit our, visit our website. So Um, that's kind of my shout out as well, too, to everybody that's just kind of in help giving to that. So pretty awesome week.
3: Awesome. Uh, let's, let's get to our second topic, the uh, billion dollar question.
2: It's time for the billion dollar question.
3: So, so to give you a little backstory on this, the bishop was in my office the other day, and he saw a book on the shelf, and he said, you should read this, and and I just finished my other book, and so I was okay with that, and I was staying in Slina that night, and so I thought, hey, yeah, I'll take it and read it, and so the book that he had me do was called Left to Tell, and I never read anything about it, but I had heard of the story, but I hadn't read it, and so I took that, and I started reading that, and Obviously, I couldn't put it down until I just pretty much fell asleep about three-quarters of the way through, which I didn't even get to the good part, which I found out. So the next day, I show up to the chancellor, and he's like, how was your day? I was like, terrible. You ruined my night because I just read this story. It's, It's the horrible story of the Rwanda genocide. And, and again, it just kind of details how crazy that situation was. And, and I just earlier, you know, three months ago, read a story about um, the concentration camps in, in uh, at Dachau and some of those. And so this is very similar to that, like people who were neighbors, uh, people who were friends that ended up, you know, attacking and killing each other and, and just— craziness, but the really cool part of the book is the forgiveness that she shows and the strength that she shows. Um, and so it got me thinking today, so, so I think our billion-dollar question today is, how are we supposed to forgive and show mercy to those who've committed incredibly heinous crimes um, against either us or our families? And, and uh, so I think that's one of those things that right now there's a lot of need for forgiveness in our world. I think there's a lot of need for uh, letting people uh, having mercy, I think mercy is a big word there. Uh, so, so I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on on how are we supposed to do that? How do we, when especially if it's against your family?
2: Yeah, thanks, Bill. That's a really compelling book, and I recommend people to read it about forgiveness too, because Immaculee's whole father, uh, whole whole family were pretty much butchered, and yet at the end, um, she confronts the man who killed her family, and she looks at him and says, "I forgive you." I don't know if I could do that. I mean, that would be... I mean, it would take me a lot of time, I think, to be able to to come to that grip. I mean, that's the whole goal is to be able to forgive. Two thoughts on this, too, is obviously Jesus on the cross, right? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. I mean, he forgave those who put him to death. And I think really we're called to forgive as, as Jesus forgives. He even said, you know, those you forgive, in a sense, unless you forgive and have mercy on your people, then you won't be forgiven as well. And I think of uh, this weekend, actually, for the gospel, it's the gospel of the prodigal son. And what a great um, fit into it, in a sense, because there's God, uh, Jesus saying, this is how God acts, right? Uh, uh, the son who basically says, you know, I, I wish you were dead, father, and yet he forgives him. And that's really what we're all called to do. It, it takes time. I know Uh, people that this has happened to where they've killed family members. And it takes time. It takes a lot of prayer, asking God to to give you that grace to forgive as well.
3: Yeah, it it definitely wasn't something that was easy. She details through the book about how much prayer it took to get to that point and and those sort of things. But um, it is still amazing that someone can have that kind of courage and that strength to be able to do uh, something like that, that...
2: I think too. Just one more quick thing too. The only to me, the only way you can forgive is if you realize I'm gonna live for all eternity. Right? That there's something more to this earth where there's crime and killing, but to 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 know that I'm gonna live for all eternity with God really gives you the strength. I think to do it.
1: There's probably two things that come to my mind with that with this conversation, and the first one is that how intimately tied together are forgiveness and humility Um, and the reality that if true humility is the best definition that I've heard and I can't remember if I've mentioned this before but is being able to see as God sees and so when you start to look at people even even people who have harshly heinously hurt you uh, to be able to see them as God sees them and so to see through the hurt or the pain to see the pain that they're carrying to see, you know, what would, would drive somebody down that path. Uh, and actually to be able to see that helps in the assessment of, of oneself and to be able to come to a point where you're able to forgive. I think this, the second thing would be, and this is a point that she brings up, Immaculate brings up in the book is ultimately when it comes to carrying our anger and our, our unforgiveness and our hatred is it's, is we think that this unforgiveness is hurting the person, and it's absolutely not. Uh, only, the only one that is being hurt by our unforgiveness is ourselves and those around us, obviously, because they are the ones who receive our, 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 the fruits of our unforgiveness. And so the reality is, while we think we're hurting the person by not forgiving them, for most, most situations, you're not hurting them. They're probably not even aware of it. To some degree, and so the reality is, the only person that is ultimately um, healed by your ability to forgive is is yourself, and allowing God to have that impact. So I felt like that was that was one of the most moving points for me, especially in ministry, has been that reality of when we're holding a grudge, it's not it's not hurting the other person; it's only hurting us. So
0: I think that also shows us to go seek and find those that have been in a similar situation and then see what they did and and try to do it, whether it's, you know, um, immaculate or Bishop, I think you always share the story of Maria Goretti. Mm-hmm. You know, she had, you know, some terrible things happen to her and, and she forgives the person who did that. And I think when we can look to the saints with prime examples of how to live our lives, then, then we're doing something the right way. So, um, you know, I, you know, at 39 years old, I'm still learning more about saints every day and those that, you know, did it the right way and strive to do that as well. A
3: secondary aspect of the book that I think is important to talk about too, which is the value and, and dignity of human life, which is part of this. You know, they, they start singing songs about uh, kill the cockroach, kill the cockroach, and they basically renamed humans as cockroaches because it was easy to kill more snakes because they were easy to kill. And, you know, I, I, I think that. You know Some of the verbiage and some of the stuff that they use is stuff that we see in our current culture as people try to say this person has no value or dignity because they believe this or they are this. Um, and I think there's a secondary aspect of that that we should be aware of and just an understanding of we cannot look at human beings in that way. We always have to give them that value and dignity um, that they're given by God. Um, and I, that, that stuck out of me in that book too. Is I almost thought this should be a required reading for all the kids in our Catholic schools uh, because it brings up so many great conversations uh, with the mercy and forgiveness, but then also just how do you view people that you disagree with?
0: So this is pretty recent. I think, you know, high school kids think, yeah, you know, Nazi Germany was so long ago and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, this, you know, people are still alive from that time period. I mean, the genocide in Rwanda which yeah, 1995 I and mean, hit movie that came out that Hotel Rwanda shows a lot of this as well. And it's just can strike a chord with students when they know that it was, oh man, that was only 27 years ago or or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, great topic this week, Bill. There you go.
3: Okay.
1: All right. Topic number three is our time for diocesan shout outs. Let's talk about the the saints among saints among us. So who did you see or encounter this week that was living
0: out God's call for us to live? And I think we'll start with you, Jeff. You know, mine was on a road trip uh, this weekend. We headed out to Colby to uh, go to a baby shower for uh, a friend. And she doesn't live in Colby anymore. She lives in Texas. But my wife went to the baby shower and my son and I went to a uh, one of my wife's cousin's house, who's one of my great friends. But just being in Colby and whether I stopped at Arby's or went to the gas station, like I saw people that I knew from Sacred Heart Colby, from the school, who then, like, when someone says, hey, Mr. Andrews, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, it was, the the people of Colby um, just made me really feel welcome, even though I don't live there, I wasn't there for something to do with the school, just, I was I was a visitor in their town, and um, I think we see that anywhere we go across the diocese, that people really welcome us, and so, um, thank you to those people at Arby's, and, and Sonic, and... I, I, it makes me sound like I do is eat when I go to these towns, but you know. And Valerie's cousin and his family sh- for showing me great hospitality. So thanks, Tyler.
1: All right, now uh, now it's me. Um, I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm breaking any code or anything because uh, we've had a number of of these now. Uh, this is what episode six we said. Episode, episode
0: seven. seven, but. You should have listened to the intro oh that I come goodness.
1: on. I should probably listen to our other
0: episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, this is the first one you were here on time, though.
1: <laughs> oh, whatever. That is not true. I was here on time for at least one other one. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break the code if, if there is one, and uh, I'm gonna name uh, Jeff for this shout out. Uh, so we had our state of, our first ever state of schools uh, presentation, and uh, Jeff made the effort of coming up and. I've heard this week already multiple people speak to the positivity and just how how good of the comments were that he start kind of started off the night and really set the tone for the evening. But that wasn't even the fullness of it. It was the fact that he came up for it as the as the diocesan superintendent, which again, was not even a, a prerequisite or anything like that, but that was that presence was huge. But then, I knew that he was going to try to make it and then get out of there as quick, as quick as he could. And even the comment to the side was, I'll let you guys do the visiting with parents and then I'm going to, I'm going to hit the road. Well, so I stood, I stood around for probably 30, 35, 40 minutes or something afterwards. And I'm going home thinking I'm like one of the last ones. And he's out there on the front step talking to one of our parents. Um, (laughs) And... I was going to go like try to rescue him cuz I knew that he was going to try to hit the road and he's too nice to say I got to get going uh, and so then I was like well I'll just leave it and he'll he'll get going I think I I think I called you actually on your cell phone but you didn't, an- you it, didn't answer. it was it was on silent <laughs> So and uh, anyway so I left went over to the office did a few things came back to the rectory and I look over and they're still standing there talking <laughs> And I just know, I mean, that to me, that was a commitment of the reality that, uh, that yeah, what comes comes first before everything else is the, is the sacrifice of yourself, your time, even sometimes to the degree of the sacrifice of, of your family uh, for the sake of your job, which obviously is a passion uh, to the wider diocese. So we appreciate that.
0: Thanks, Father Jarrett. Mateo, I hope you record that and just save that and send it <laughs> to my wife, will you? <laughs> no is that the first
2: compliment you've received (laughs) (laughs) that is sorry
1: (laughs) write it down so it's gonna be the last for me that (laughs) is the end
2: (laughs) all right bishop you're next so i'm gonna go step outside the box a little bit too because i could talk about different parishes where i saw people uniting and helping and beloit and all these different places but i'm gonna go a little shout out to matea and katie katie hamel Greenwood. uh First of all, Matea has to put up with you guys on these podcasts, which is not easy. But she also has won awards for her work in communications office, and so has Katie. And just really a wonderful way to meet people throughout the diocese. And you're the one that has to make it all happen. So thank you, Matea and Katie, uh, for using your gifts uh, to bring uh, the Lord and, and his work to others. Thanks.
1: All right. Rounding out our shout outs is Bill. What do you got?
3: I uh, I went to a number of uh, funerals in the last week, and, and one that stuck out to me was Gene Ross's funeral. And and uh, one of the things is when you find someone, again, you guys talked about sacrifice of time and energy, um, someone who's willing to sacrifice for a cause or in this case for a school, it's really beautiful to, to look at and, and people are doing this all over our diocese every day. There's amazing things happening and people are, are sacrificing all the time. And and she was one of them and you could just tell from the people that were at the funeral and how they were affected um, by her life. But the other thing too is T M P was I mean they'd come to the bishop and basically said we can't run it and he said go find a way. And she you know, worked there for ten years without taking a salary and, and having you know really solid leadership um, to get that school through, and and so it was cool for me to sit there um, as a recipient. Uh, my kids now go to that school of someone who you know she dedicated her life to keep that open, and so it was just kind of one of those deals that's a uh, you know a life well lived and and uh, and so it gave me uh, good energy, and I, I thought that that was awesome. Just
2: talk about the
0: students. Yeah, I just went... I think also we had an opportunity um, working with a funeral home to all the high school students wore their formal uniform on that day and started in the grotto. And Father Andy led them through a short prayer service with the family there. And then the high school students actually escorted and followed behind the hearse from uh, TMP from the grotto, then around Victory Lane, and then to St. Joseph's. And then they their behavior and how they were reverent during the mass was, was just unbelievable. I did not expect that. Um, Was I hoping for that? Of course. But I know high school kids are high school kids and things happen. But every single one of those kids, you know, listened and was fully engaged, I think, with with the service. And um, and they never met Jean Ross, but shows you, you know, they, you know, show respect for their elders and understand what it means and how important it is that she came to Thomas More Prep Marion, you know, in two, in the year two thousand and spent eleven years there, um, and it was just awesome. I went back to the school after walking back with the students and just thanked them for that. And it, it was like, yeah, that's that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. They didn't they didn't even expect to thank you. They just yeah, that's what we're that's why we're here. So that was really awesome, Bishop. Thank you for being there as well and walking with the students. I know they they really enjoyed that. Yeah,
2: so that's great.
3: All right, now we're to uh, the mystery envelope time. This is. I might get fired, so I don't know. I know what two of the questions are, three of the questions are, but I don't know what the other two are. So just keep in mind, I'm normally thinking about these two guys when I write these <laughs>
2: questions. So, Should I read the question?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a mystery that we just guess what it is. <laughs> no, I was going to have Matea write, read
2: it. <laughs> no, okay, it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's, uh, we're always a little nervous. Oh my goodness. What is the strangest thing in your refrigerator? Oh, nice. oh, <laughs> oh, you start.
0: Uh, I think we go with the clergy last because I just I just assume people just bring you food. So there's probably nothing in your fridge except for maybe leftover whatever, you know, Tara Herrenbrook made or whatever. So um Bill, let's start with you. Strangest thing in your refrigerator.
3: Ah uh, man, I'm gonna get in trouble when I get home, no matter what I go with on here. But uh, your,
0: your family does not listen to this.
3: So I, I'm going to go with, uh, we, we've got some almond milk in, in our refrigerator. And I, every time I look at it, Mandy says, hey, this is healthy. You should be drinking this stuff. And every time I look at it, it's like, it's not real milk. And then she gets mad at me because she wants the kids to like it too. So I'm not supposed <laughs> to say it's not real milk. But every time I look at it, and it's not even like homogenous necessarily, which I think that's like an important part of milk is that it's homogenous. And so uh to me every time i look at it it's like it's taunting me you should drink me you should drink me and i'm like i can't i can't do it you're
0: not real milk <laughs> i'm gonna go next and the crazy thing is is i had almond milk for lunch today so i we have it sometimes Great, right now too. i'm in even more trouble so yeah. it's not that all we I, you know i made it in a smoothie after the weekend of i ate terrible this week and i probably went out to eat five times and it was not good but, i mean it was delicious but i mean not good for me so had a smoothie today with almond milk so Uh, Craziest thing in my refrigerator, um, I'm actually working on them right now, is those homemade pickles. Bishop shared some pickles with me. I mean, it's not crazy, but I mean, if you were to open my fridge and just see the big old mason jar that's got the pickles in there, plus there's, I think there's some jalapenos in there because they're a little heat. There's some big cloves of garlic, but my son will not eat them. But um, I I had one with my smoothie, which I'm pretty sure pickles and smoothies don't go together. (laughs) But yeah. All right, uh, Father Jarrett uh yeah i
1: i can't think of anything that i had a conversation with like bill and his (laughs) almond though, uh but i would say uh there's a chance and i think they're still in there uh so when i moved to beloit over two years ago i brought some things with me in a cooler and uh they're still in there's so they're they're a deer that i shot i made them into beef sticks like you know those spicy beef sticks where like they can do them with jalapeno cheddar and stuff uh, so I'm pretty sure there's a, a sealed, uh, vacuum compressed package of those back in the back of my like cheese drawer or something. And I'm I'm just like that stuff is so salty and pre- and preserved it should be
0: fine, right? Yeah. Go go home tonight and look. <laughs> I, guarantee, I guarantee Father Andrew Rockers ate those months ago. Yeah, he probably did.
2: <laughs> he probably
3: did. Hey, you eat one of those tonight, and I'll drink a little of the almond milk. We'll see who ends up in better <laughs> shape. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I try to keep my refrigerator pretty clean, but at, at the same time, <laughs> I, I know there's something in there. Father Michael Liker lived with me a few years ago when he was recovering from his uh, surgery, and he bought, he likes this like ginger, like mayonnaise. I don't know what it is. It's something you squeeze, and I think, oh, maybe one day I'll use it, but it's probably got to be probably two, three years <laughs> old now, so maybe I should just toss it. That's Other than that, it's pretty... I can pretty see clean. that
0: ginger paste, though,
2: dip is probably pretty paste. good.
0: It's probably good on like uh, some um, sushi. Yeah. Or something that's... I mean, that's. I've never used it. Actually. Yeah, but I'd go home and throw it away tonight. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of us to go clean out uh, clean out our refrigerators. So.
1: All righty. Next up, we are calling all prayer warriors.
2: It's time to rally the prayer warriors.
1: So we're bringing up uh, different different topics, different things, different people that we might see in our lives that need prayer, and I'll start us off, um, I was thinking about this in the context of our kind of our forgiveness, mercy, peace, and just knowing over the years of my priesthood how many, how many conversations I've had with family members who are holding particular grudges against whether it's siblings... Um, just have had falling outs, especially I think as you get into older stages and parents pass away. And it's amazing the number of stories of division that, that take place at that time period in the, in the generational context. And I just think if Satan is active, which we do believe that Satan is always active and his first mode is division. Uh, that is probably one of the most damaging things to see and the, the sad things to hear. And I think one of the, one of the best things we can be praying for is just the unity of families, Uh, because obviously not only just older families, older generational families, but even just families with young kids being drawn in all kinds of different directions with activities, just that unity of families I think is a key
3: thing to be praying for. There's that novena going on right now, actually, finishes up tomorrow, that's a novena for unity and families, so...
1: Yeah, I probably... That, yeah, that what yeah, brought that up? Yeah, out? I'm sure that's what it... Uh, no, but that is... I was not aware of that. Okay, so that yeah,
3: there is a novena way. out there, and so uh, there's a thing called Pray More Novenas, and uh, they get sent to your email or whatever, and so this one finishes up with the birth of of our Blessed Mother, oh. and so tomorrow is the last day, the ninth day of those prayers, but we've been praying. A lot of people around the United States have been praying um, for unity and family, so kind of cool. Good timing, good timing. There we go. All
1: right, Bishop, you are up next.
2: Yeah, we got a... Priest convocation coming up in about a week and a half or so, and I'm really excited to be with all the priests, but, you know, we, we always need prayers, and uh, we're always uh, under attack in many ways, and, and there's a lot on us, and just, uh, I know a lot of people already pray for the priests, but if you could continue, that'd be great. Thanks. All right. Bill, what's your prayer intention?
3: Yeah, we got a young man um, on our basketball team and a student at TMP that uh, uh, woke up. Must have been Saturday night. Still wasn't feeling very good. They thought he had some dehydration and found out that he had a mass on on his brain. And so um, they flew him off and had surgery yesterday morning, actually. And so um, if you would keep Jace Winholtz and his his family in your prayers, um, he, it's going to be. They they do think it's it's a good you know like one or two or whatever how they grade that. Um, but uh, but it's going to be a rough two weeks trying to recover back out of that. And so uh, if you keep his prayers or uh, keep him and his family in your prayers.
1: All right. And Jeff, what are you asking for the intention of our prayer warriors?
0: It's similar to Bill. I've got a, a friend that I first met in high school and then got to know a little bit more at, at K-State. And uh, she's married to a guy that I played a lot of basketball against in high school, but Jasmine Osmeyer uh, lives in the Kansas City area and she has a brain tumor. And so just keep her and her and her family and your, your thoughts and prayers is, um, I mean, she's been battling this for over a year, but um, she can always, always continue to receive all of our prayers.
3: All right. Uh, I don't know if this is mine to take the lead on, but I'm going to because you guys were quiet. So uh, we got to get to something controversial, and we're all actually waiting to hear one person's answer on this, I think. And so our our controversial question, we can't get out of here with causing a little trouble today, which we've caused plenty of trouble. Uh, So we all drive a considerable amount. Um, We want to know... Is it a sense of speed when we're
2: driving? And, and did, Bishop will let you... Uh, <laughs> did you know I got pulled over on Sunday? I
3: had no
1: idea oh, about no. that. Oh, no, I, no, no seriously. Either. I, I got know. pulled over on Sunday.
3: Well, well, there we go. Seriously, See how I I you was going to be fired, buddy. I was in, fire, buddy, I was in
2: Solomon driving on an old 40, and there was cars in front of me, and I go, I got to get going. I got to be in Demar and I, and I passed two vehicles, and then going 70 and a 55, uh, and I just got pulled over and... Yeah. Did you get so, a ticket or a warning? Or I got a yeah, warning. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, thanks be to God. But uh, but uh, so that's a great question. <laughs> Is it speeding? Really, I, I was being dangerous in that, so that was probably a, a sinful in a way because I was uh, going a bit too fast. But I would say that, obviously, if you're driving in 55, you're going 57, 58, and there's not people. I, I, I think it's your your motive, and if they're, you're putting other people in danger, if you're here for that, then it's really uh, a sinful. I would say texting is probably more dangerous uh, than that. Somebody even said they saw someone driving and watching a movie at the same time in their screen up there, and and uh, so that be that would be more. I would say a uh, sinful than uh, say speeding a little bit over the speed limit. It, it all depends on the situation, I think, whether yeah. a lot of cars mm-hmm. around or sometimes. It, I Michigan, I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not going five or if you're if it's a seventy mile an hour speed limit, if you're not going eighty, you're gonna get run over, and it's kind of can be kind of scary too sometimes. so
1: yeah, no, that was the case in Chicago. Obviously, like they have fifty five posted, and the flow of traffic is at least seventy uh, in general, and they're not pulling people over there. And so I think yeah, the context does come into play a fair amount. One of the things that I think is a good part of this conversation is. Is one thing that we can assess is actually what is our motive too, um which probably has less to do with the sinfulness of it, but also can just speak so so one I think there's been multiple times where I've been driving down the road and I'm heading somewhere, but I'm like early to get there, which is not always the case and uh and so I'm like way ahead of schedule, <laughs> so everybody's laughing right now um it happens so. And, and it's still, you know, five, six, whatever, uh, miles over the speed limit. And it's like, there's no, absolutely no reason for me to go any faster, but it's just one of those forces of habit. And so like, that to me is a good reflection in the midst of that is like, okay, what, what is the motive? Is it actually good or necessary? Um, and so I think that's an important reflection too.
0: It's where I just need to be reminded to just slow down, not just in my driving, but in everything. I try to just go, 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 go. And I just need to slow down. Like, I, I don't like to get passed on I-70. So like, I will sometimes like, I know when I leave in my head, I'm in first place. And then when I get passed, ooh, I'm in second. <laughs> then another car passed me, I'm in third. You know, and you want to you want to finish at the top. I mean, I, so, but I just like, I, I set the speedometer at 83, 82 or 83. And I don't know why I just do. So I, it's a reminder. Like, and I leave early enough to get to Oakley or Junction City, wherever I'm going. So why do I need to go 83? Because I want to get first, and I don't need to. It's like I'm Ricky Bobby. But uh, so I'm gonna. After having this conversation, I'm gonna slow down a little bit because I do remember a year or two ago I had to come back and tell Bishop I just got pulled over on Highway 24. <laughs> I just felt terrible, uh, but had a good conversation with the sheriff uh, deputy and. Got off with a warning, but Bishop said, just don't speed on Highway 36. They'll get you there. So I try to just, you know, need to look down. Bill, what about you? I I, I think it's funny you brought up the want to be first place thing because
3: probably the thing I get the most upset about is when one of our kids has to go to the bathroom and I got to pull over because then the whole rest of the trip I'm looking at every car we pass like – you know we've already passed you once and you took it. sometimes, sometimes i'm like did. yeah sometimes so i'm like so sometimes i yell at the cars we drive by like my son's got a small bladder it's not my <laughs> fault <laughs> but uh but most for the most part though i drive around with like three little safety officers in the back of my vehicle and so anytime we get above the speed limit there's three little kids like hey you're speeding don't use a turn signal quick enough they tell you about it you don't so little kids are pretty good about that for for me so um, my wife now, on the other hand, she likes to speed um, because she drove a lot between Colby and Hayes, yeah. even in college, and there's not a lot going on in that road, and so uh, she liked to speed quite a bit. But I think I've convinced her that uh, we don't want to pay for the ticket, and she doesn't have to slam on her brakes every time she sees a police officer, and so uh, so maybe we've convinced <laughs> her of that. Uh, but also, after telling that story, I'll probably sleep on the couch for the next yeah, couple of days, yeah, too. Yeah, you will so, but, uh, but anyway.
0: its It is... It's, it's hard, like, because our sections of road in the diocese are much different than roads and other places we're wide open especially where we have four lanes on i-70 it's different you know and so i don't know but i will re bishop when i heard you say that these people are watching movies while they're driving you know maybe don't watch movies but please be sure to check out the podcast i think that's something you can do while you are driving as much as possible so absolutely
1: absolutely that'd, that'd be a great thing so uh it is that time we are going to close ourselves with a prayer Um, kind of in the whole theme that we've been uh, focusing on with mercy and forgiveness. Uh, Psalm 37 speaks of that with refrain from anger, abandon wrath, do not be provoked. It brings only harm. And so we're going to pray a prayer seeking forgiveness. Uh, So just kind of reflecting on that in this prayer, and then also one uh, for the strength to be able to forgive others. And so we'll have two little prayers here as we conclude our episode. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My failure to be true even to my own accepted standards. O Lord, forgive. My self-deception in the face of temptation. O Lord, Lord, forgive. My choosing of the worse when I knew the better. O Lord, forgive. My failure to apply to myself the standards of conduct that I demand of others. O Lord, forgive. My blindness to the suffering of others and my slowness to be taught by my own suffering. O Lord, forgive. My complacency toward wrongs. O Lord, forgive. My slowness to see the good in others and evil in myself. O Lord, forgive. My hardness of heart toward my neighbor's faults and my readiness to make allowance for my own. O Lord, forgive. And let us now pray for the strength to forgive. Faultless Lord, enduring death for me. You have consummated the debt of my sins. Your sacrifice of forgiveness was absolute. Grant me the strength to also forgive others, to excuse their transgressions against me, so I may truly reflect their spiritual fruit, obliterate any persistent feelings of malice, let each trespass end as a closing chapter, my continuing on the road of righteousness. Forgive my sins as I aspire to forgive others, you are truly the model of forgiveness help us to learn to forgive. forgive amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and just a special uh, word of thanks for bishop for being with us today yeah, Thanks for thank our you. first our
0: first ever guest and
2: yeah thank you for letting me join you guys do a great job you really i actually you
0: you want to be a permanent member no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to to speed all around the diocese if you wanted to catch all these uh, interviews. I
2: I, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are great, great, great work. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you for listening to Episode 7 of Three Bald Guys. Be sure to check out all the other episodes, not only of Three Bald Guys, but the other things from The Heart Podcast. There are uh, readings from Faith Magazine, along with other interviews with people from across the diocese.